Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this mobile edition of Political Straight Talk. I'm your host, the political Superman, coming to you under the starry skies of Russellville. Standing in the parking lot of the Cracker Barrel, where, well... Me and the manager had to have a come to Jesus meeting, and they found out that Jesus was on my side. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. So, hey, I have one question. I have a quick question. I want to know. I want to know. Did you tell him he had the right to be wrong? No, I didn't. I did not have to tell them that. They understood quite. Oh, so I see. You just say that to us women, huh? Oh no, I say it to men too. Oh, all right. So I want to know what everybody else wants to know, and that is what Nancy Pelosi has put in her pipe and smoke today to make her not go on one, not two, but three different programs and say that they shall use, and I quote, every quiver in their arsenal, including more impeachment hearings to prevent President Trump from nominating someone to the Supreme Court. So, I went and did a little digging, did a little research, and what do I find out but Darth Vader Ginsburg herself in 2016 said, and I quote, the Constitution does not provide a a blockage to a midnight Supreme Court nomination. So Darth Vader Ginsburg herself stood in favor in 2016 of nominating a justice to the Supreme Court at the 11th hour. Now, what does this mean? So today it's kind of played out a little bit more of of what's coming, okay, Um, from both sides. Murkowski and Collins are playing politics, saying they don't really want a nomination until after the election, which is perfectly fine. They didn't say is more important. It's nice to one. Shut up. Both ladies, both ladies stopped. Okay. And... Why is that important? It is important because Mitch McConnell knows this. And Mitch McConnell knew that this was going to happen. The only defection that I see coming from the Republican side would be Lisa Murkowski. Senator Collins. Why would we not be happy about this? I'm not done. There's bad news on the horizon. Oh, we got the good news first, huh? We did, and I'm still in monologue, so hold on. Now, why this is 
why this is both good and bad for Republicans. So, as a veteran of several SCOTUS nominations now, I can tell you that Democrats sit on their ass watching soap operas during Supreme Court nominations, and Republicans galvanize, go door knocking, and get people out to the polls for Supreme Court nominations. If you don't believe that, all you have to do is travel back in time to 2017 and early 16, when one Associate Justice, Brett Kavanaugh, was being confirmed. And Republicans took and took action. Now, does it translate into elections if it's already done? No. But if there is an election season, okay, if there is an election season and there is a seat that is potentially up on the court, Republicans, more specifically evangelical Republicans, turn up in droves to vote because evangelicals vote on one issue and one issue only. Okay? Abortion. Are Wade. Okay, that is an evangelical voter issue. And there is nothing that will galvanize those evangelicals, even the never-Trumpers, to get to the polls. So the smart thing to do, and I'm assuming that the president has gotten a bit of this in his ear today because his wording changed from last night, and he is going to release the name of who he's going to nominate, okay? Now, I'm going to assume that it is the one that most everybody wanted before Brett Kavanaugh went, under, went in, and she's going to get hammered by the left for being a critic. Uh-huh. But she is a she is a fine jurist. She has a spotless record, and I think Excuse she me. breathes through confirmation. Okay. That must have been good at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> that, see, that is the, uh, that was Amanda coming on. <laughs> she hit the, she hit the whole crap lines on the side of the road. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I couldn't help it. That was pretty funny, Jill. <laughs> Sponsored by Vino. Take Vino down, though. Vino Anyway, so. <laughs> on a serious note. <laughs> so let me. The, the Supreme Court, the, the smartest move to oh, the Okay, now that I'm crying. <laughs> I can really send y'all over the edge, and we can all start busting out with pushing, pushing real good. Roll that bean Roll that beautiful bean footage. Anyway, so <laughs> the, the best thing to do is for Trump to nominate and marinate, okay? And basically what that means 
is to nominate the name, put it out there, let McConnell go through the motions, and go ahead and get the Judiciary Committee to send it to the floor. And that's what they'll do. They will send this to the floor in short order, okay? And then what McConnell needs to do is just sit on it, okay? Let it marinate. Let people get use it as a rallying cry to get Republicans to the polls, okay? There is nobody better than getting people to the polls than the Republican Party, okay? I will tell you from personal experience and having been a part of that, that that apparatus is one of the best, okay? And while, here's the thing, the, the enthusiasm factor for Republicans right now is through the roof. Democrats, it's very tepid, okay? And some of the things that we're seeing that you're not hearing about, and I read a new round of polls last night and was reading information, but Democrats are underperforming with women, Hispanics, and blacks. And they're underperforming in, in the most important category of all. And that is the likely voters. Okay? Likely voters are voters that have voted in at least three of the last four general elections. That is good. But Trump is underperforming in crotchety old white now, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, corona fears, and I think some of it has to do with people don't answer the polls. Okay? Here's what you're going to see, and some of you may have already seen this today, but a lot of businesses are in the process of getting on board with this rock the vote business. Okay? Now, this rock-the-vote business is where they target 18 to 24-year-old voters. Footlocker is putting computer systems in all of their stores to get on Tuesday to, so that people can, A, check their voter status if you're 18 to 24 and primarily liberal. I didn't say that, but it is very well implied. And number two, you can register to vote using these terminals. They are not the only ones. Okay. Other left-leaning companies are starting to do the same. Okay. Be mindful of that. But right-leaning companies are actually starting to fight back. With has anybody noticed at your local Walmart that all of the COVID stuff has now disappeared? Yeah. You still got the sign. You've still got the aisles, the little stickers in the aisles. Oh, they take the stickers. I pulled the stickers up. Well, the stickers have been pulled up. Um, I didn't notice today either way. I was in a hurry. But I have noticed that pretty much other than it being blocked if you're going in one way and out the other. That's not even Okay, I have a question, though, that relates to your comments about um, the justice, the new Supreme Court uh, justice. Okay. That relates to what um, Senator Cruz said, that if he suspects that they, with all the mail-in stuff and what the Democrats are doing, that there's going to be a contested election, especially if um, President Trump is reelected, 
and if that happens, his concern was um, without the Supreme Court um, having the additional judicial person on the bench, that it would be a real problem and it would cause a crisis to our Constitution. Well, because ultimately uh, the Supremes may be have to, who has to decide. Well, it would not create a constitutional crisis, number one. Um, and, and listen, I'm just going to tell you, and Ted Cruz being as well, a lot of Republicans are going to use this as a, and lo and behold, I think, care taxes. But I'm going to tell you what I told somebody earlier today. John Roberts will not side with the libs on this, okay? He won't. The only thing that he hates more than a Trump presidency would be a Biden presidency, okay? He don't want it. He has indicated he don't want it, and he's not going to side with it. Where's the big problem? And by the way, it's not really, it wouldn't even be a crisis at that point, and let me explain why. Okay? A contested election is going to go at least until December the 14th. What is this? Okay. This election can run its way all the way up to December the 14th without being a, quote, crisis. Okay, so that is well past the election, and it's plenty enough time to get the name that I, I think needs to marinate onto the bench. Okay? Secondly, the high court... Usually in cases like this, if you'll notice, they punted every major case until a justice was put on the course. Okay? So when Scalia killed over, they did the smaller cases that weren't going to be determined in a board for switch, and they heard them, and they released them. The others they punted that they figured would be a 4-4 split, they punted and waited. Now, unlike Congress, who isn't set until January 3rd, the Supreme Court nominee will be set the day after the Senate confirms. Okay, the Senate can confirm them on November the 4th, and there not be a problem, because the drop-dead date for an election is December the 15th. That is the magic day. Okay? And anybody that may not know what that magic day is, that is the day that... The wonderful people known as the electors get together, okay, and vote for presidents. They get together in a in a hotel ballroom somewhere, cloak of darkness, and they vote. That is the drop dead day. That is when all issues need to be dealt with and done because they're going to vote. The Constitution requires that they vote on the 15th of December. That is it. And that is, your state certifies the election they have until December. They have until a certain day to certify the election. Now, here's going to be the issue. A lot of these states, a lot of these Democrat-leaning states, I have noted, are trying to get voting deadlines extended. My question is why? Because... As of right now, and by the way, state courts in in most states are now upholding that you must follow the law as it is written in regard to ballots. 
And what does that mean in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in uh, Michigan? In order to have a ballot that is considered absentee, it must be signature verified. Mm-hmm. Now, Democrats are screaming about this because they don't like it. But that should tell you a lot. But back to the Supreme Court. They can vote on it on November the 4th in the lame duck session, and there ain't crap that anybody can say or do. They can scream, they can holler, they can threaten impeachment, they can do whatever they want to. But at the end of the day, the Constitution gives the president, and I do mean the current president, the right to nominate, and the Senate has two jobs, advise against him. It doesn't say knock the nominee out of the water. It says advise against and it would do well for a lot of people to dust off their constitutions and read them. Okay? Now, the second thing that, that, uh, that people need to be mindful of is there was another thing that happened today that should send shockwaves through not only the political realm, but the voter realm. And that is, and I quote Joe Biden saying, um, I'm not going to tell you who I've nominated to the Supreme Court. There's a reason that President Trump has given you a list. And I'm not going to give you a list. You just need to trust me. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. In, in my mind, President Trump, whoever, whoever asked him that question, and I'm not sure who asked him the question, but he just painted himself in a corner. And here's why. He doesn't release the names. I'm going to tell you right now, a, a percentage or two of people that may have been leading his way in that middle realm, as they call them, voters, he's going to lose them if he releases the Like. You're just going to have to deal with the noise for a moment. Um, right. Alexa's on the phone with her sister. We're in the car. So the, the next thing that you need to look at is if they release names of people they would put on the bench, they would know how radical they are, and they would lose even more voters. So Joe Biden yeah. didn't pick Okay? He can't release names. And that is, that's a problem. So leading up to the debate, I don't know if many of you have noticed, but they're trying to get the debate moved up earlier in time to get it out of time. So he can go to bed. They're trying to get the debate out of time. No, they're trying to get it where a lot of people won't watch it. Ah. Okay, what's that? And so people need to be mindful. This, the next several days, we're going to see a lot of political posturing and a lot of political maneuvering to try and get the high road. Okay. Right now, the, the road, the best road for President Trump is nominate and marinate. That is his best without fail option. 
debate, be tight-lipped about how they're going to push it through or what they're going to do to push it through. Okay? That is that is just the best option that that he had. Let the Senate, you know, let the Senate do whatever. But let's move on to anybody got anything to add about the Supreme Court? Well, oh, uh, Biden also said that I should be the one to pick the next Supreme Court justice. Well, go right ahead, Joe. It won't make any difference. It won't count. But. Say that again. Biden had said I should be the one to pick the next Supreme Court justice. He honestly said that on national TV. Yeah, he did. Well, I didn't hear that thing. Yep, he sure did. Well, I, everybody just needs to pay real close attention. Everybody needs to literally, and, and I agree with Rush and Sean and the others on this, call up 10 people you know, make sure they go vote for Trump. Get them to call up 10 people they know. And let's let's get this done. Okay, the numbers have to be so overwhelming on the night of the election because Republicans, everybody, get ready for this. Republicans are going to surge in every state in the nation on election night. Okay, there will be a surge. There will be long lines on election day. There will be. Okay. I know you guys that have been on here have heard me preach this and preach this and preach this, but I'm going to keep putting Democrats will will be out early. Okay? Remember, they don't have jobs, so they're going to be out early. And in black precincts, the lines are going to be long. Don't fret. Okay? What they do is the Democrats coordinate this message. And they're going to push people to the polls so that those first exit polls that come out at about 1 o'clock, that first round of exit polls that hit national TV are going to show Biden winning in a landslide, Biden, 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 precinct doesn't work, Biden, have lines down the block, okay? But then something magical starts happening at about 3 o'clock. Republicans start getting off work. They start going to the polls. And the Republican apparatus, and I will tell you, the Republican apparatus, they've already secured umpteen million vans all across the country, okay? They will be shuttling people to the polls. And I promise you, there are a lot of Republicans, okay? There are a lot of independents ready to vote for Trump. And so you all know, for anybody saying anything, Yes, people that are Republicans will take Democrats to the vote. Okay, they don't ask you who you're voting for when you call them for a ride. Okay? Matter of fact, it used to make me mad when they would do that back in 99 and 2000. They did back then. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. We might be able to change their vote on the way back. So, uh, be mindful. And this is one of those elections that everybody needs to make sure that everybody's registered. Listen, in several states, the registration ends on Tuesday. Understand me. 
a lot of states. Registration is dropped dead for Tuesday. Okay, so everybody needs to be proactive. Get moving. The time to register is almost up. So everybody oh, yeah. <clears throat> what about that new license? Driver's license. What about the new driver's license? That you need that in order to vote. No, no. they postponed that to they postponed that for COVID. Are you talking oh. about the are you talking no, about the the uh, verified license that lets you get on a plane? Yeah. You you are not and I express that in great big letters, not required to have a federal ID verified ID to vote. That is and you do not anybody. You do anybody, not have to wear a mask either. You do not. And anybody that's telling you you're required to have that federal ID mandate, the only reason you have to have that federal ID, that little star up in the corner, there are two reasons. One, get on a plane. And two, to enter a federal building. That's it. Okay? Then you don't have to wear a mask to go vote. It all depends on your state. Uh, Democrats, you do need a star on your ID to uh, to vote, and you have to show your ID with the star to your uh, to your register. No, we're not going to do that because we are better than that. Okay. Yeah. The the and I know you're kidding, Mark, but in all seriousness. Voter suppression of Republicans, or the attempted voter suppression of Republicans, has already started. Okay? We have seen commercials in heavily Republican areas in swing states saying that they have to have masks, they have to stand six feet apart, it could take hours for them to vote. Okay? I got news for you. Most Republicans will stand in anything to go vote. So the mm-hmm. best thing that we can have happen in Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Pennsylvania is a huge snowstorm. Okay. <laughs> it is a proven fact Democrats will not go vote if it's raining, snowing, or hell. If the I know what we need to do. Can I get a small cup of The petition, ABC, CBS, both unsweet, right? Um, to what? run rerun all of their favorite soap operas on election day. Most Democrats won't get off the couch. Uh, you said run reruns of what? Their favorite soap operas. Oh. The Young and the yeah. Rest of no. Days of Our Lives on no. ABC. All you do is you put a Keeping Up with the Kardashians marathon that day, it's over. Oh, the Kardashians are actually Republicans. Yeah. So they'll go vote. No, but the people who watch them are not Republicans. Well, I actually have to disagree with that. My son is an avid watcher of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and he's a Republican. 
Yeah, but uh, he's probably was, he's probably watching it for other reasons. Uh, well, I don't <laughs> why he's watching them. I don't care. I'm just point now. Now, so one of the one of the bigger things, that, and we're going to transition now to to some other stuff that's, that's important. I have rice that got sent to the White House sorting station in the district, okay? Now, as you may guess, the White House sorting station is off-site, and as a matter of fact, its location is underground and secret. You can probably figure out why. But they have now found two envelopes with rice in it, addressed to the White House. Let me just put it out there for you idiots doing this dumb crap. Number one, they have chemical smellers, these little machines that chemically smell, and they can smell this crap before it ever reaches before it ever reaches any human being. And secondly, and I feel this way about Democrat uh, Democrat presidents as well. If you attempt to take out our chief executive, you are a son of a bitch, and I hope they find you and give you Leavenworth, okay? Period. I don't care if it's Barack Obama in office. As a matter of fact, many of you all know about the little threat to Obama that uh, <laughs> I busted up in the Waffle House. No, what happened? Um, really, Barbara? Uh, so I will share it. I uh, I used to whenever I would uh, travel, I would stop at the Waffle House and get a piece of chocolate pie and a coke. So I happened to be sitting up at the bar, uh, commiserating with an armchair political strategist, the cook, uh, about how to change politics. And trying to understand why he loved Obama so much. When I look over and I see four very scruffy looking individuals uh, planning the demise of our 44th president. So I'm looking at this, and I mean, these guys, these guys were not your crack, well, they were crackpots, but they weren't stupid crackpots, okay? These guys knew what they were talking about and diagramming out. So I lean over and I tell them, hey, guys, that's a felony to even be having this discussion. You probably shouldn't be having it. They told me uh, what I could go do to myself and where, and it's fine. So I said, look, you just need to quit. So I sat there, and I'm eating my chocolate pie, and it just kept bugging me. I mean, these people were, I mean, they were, they were plotting and a planning based on a trip that was upcoming, and I'm like, nah, I can't, you know, I can't do this. I can't sit and, and, and defend the office of the president and allow this to continue. So I leaned over, and I said, look, I said, I'm going to ask you all one more time to quit. Well, again, they told me uh, what I could do to myself and where. So I got up, walked outside, and I called the Nashville office of the Secret Service. I called the FBI field office, and I told them what was going on on three-way. And they asked me where I was at. I told them, gave them descriptions of the gentleman, and they said, okay, we'll take care of it. I walked back in, 
sat down. The guy, one of the guys, split me off. Told me again what he thought of me. And I leaned over at him and I said, "You guys don't know it yet. You're having a bad day." Get back to eating my pie. Had two pizzas left when the parking lot filled up with, uh, or two bites of that, not two pizzas. Makes me sound like a fat guy. Um, <laughs> two uh, two bites left of my pie when black suburbans, and you know everybody cracks jokes about the black suburbans, but they really did have black suburbans. And it filled up with every law enforcement agency on in Davidson County and the feds. It was insane. U.S. Marshals, uh, Secret Service, FBI, probably some CIA, Sheriff's Office, and they don't have any authority to do nothing but look at each other. Um, right. Metro Police. Storming into this, uh, this uh, Waffle House, and I just point, unlike them, and uh, I looked at them as they were being drugged out, and I said, I told you guys we're having a bad day. <laughs> I never heard anything else about it, never heard another peep about it. Uh, there was a story run in the Tennessean that four people were arrested for attempting to plot against the president. But that is all, that is all I ever heard about it. And, yeah, so... Obama owes me a debt of gratitude. Yeah. But anyway, the, the point, I don't even know what the point was now that I've told this story, but the, oh, the rat. The thing is, is that whether you agree with whoever's in that office or not, they're in that office, okay? And as much as I've said this and said it so much during Obama's administration, the office deserves the respect. And when the man represents the office, we give we don't have to like what he does, and we don't have to support what he does. But genuine respect for the human being and general respect for the office, that is merit. And sending Ryson to the White House in an attempt to harm anybody is stupid. Because okay? I promise you, most of the employees of the White House, the true employees, not the political appointees like me, but true employees don't give a shit if a Democrat or a Republican's in that office. They don't care. They care do they treat respect, and their loyalty is to the House. Sometimes to the man or to the woman or whatever, but in most cases, most of them come to like generally the people that live there uh, and work there. So if they don't, they resign and move on. But... Uh, this whole rising business, and this is only going to help Trump, okay? Matter of fact, it wouldn't surprise me if some low-level hack somewhere sent it to the White House. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. All right, this is the point where we're going to see if anybody has a topic. I've got some more topics I want to discuss, but I'm going to do that when I'm not in the car. So, Barbara, if you're going around, see if anybody's got a topic they want to bring up that we haven't talked about, and we'll cover it. Okay. Let's start with Jill. Well, you would make me first, wouldn't you? <laughs> Sorry. I have a question, actually, if you want to talk about a topic. I just have a question. If there is anyone on this call who has 
either heard of or done any research on critical race theory? What? Heard of it, yes. but I haven't done a lot of research yes. on it. Started it. It's, it's uh, you're going back 50 years, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, actually, critical race theory is something that's being taught in our universities today. Yeah, but it came yeah, yeah, it's up with 50 off, years ago. It's not a new, yeah, it's not a new theory at all. Why is it okay? So I've heard of it. What's why is it being brought up? What's okay, up? well, when, when President Trump just this last week gave his speech on, on Constitution Day, he railed against the, criti uh, the um, critical race theory. And he railed against, because what's happening is these people are teaching the people in the universities that our country was built on the basis of slavery, and that we are a white supremacist nation. This is why we have people coming out of university like Berkeley and Harvard and a lot of these, well, the most, a lot of them, they're everywhere, coming out of university and causing the, the upheaval that the college students have been causing. So those that have at least been paying attention, that is what they're being taught. So that's Critical where they're being radicalized. Critical race theory is a Marxist philosophy. And then exactly. The other thing, when, you, when you start talking about uh, slavery and rewriting the history on that, that's, that probably comes from the 1619 project, which is... It does. That's absolutely right. And so, which okay. President Trump said that he was going to replace with the 1776 deal. So he's aware of... I just was wondering if other people were aware because I, the reason I asked the question was that I downloaded a book on it because I wasn't really familiar with it that much and did a little bit of reading on it. And I only got into the first couple chapters. But um, in doing so, um, you know, I found that what they're teaching is that racism for white people is something that we're basically, it's embedded in our DNA. that it is something that we are, even if we don't think we are. Well, this, is what they're, this is what they're saying. <laughs> That's how deep it goes, though. It is, it is, yeah, it falls along with Marxism. They bring in that. They bring in, you know, socialism, communism, all of that talk in this book. But the general principle is, that they're, you know, and it's being taught that we are a white, listen, in, in a meeting that was with a police community review board that I attended this past week, there was a Black Lives Matter person representing Black Lives Matter that was on the panel of this meeting, and they basically, she said, just as a matter of fact, as part of her dialogue that night that we are living in a white supremacist nation and and no one and i mean it was majority white couple blacks on there but a, but majority white no one called it out not one person called it out 
So at, when I had an opportunity to raise my hand, I typed in a message in the chat, you know, to explain yourself. And she not only got on there, but she then decided that she needed to define what that was. And what it is is something that we are inherent, that it's inherently in, in, in our DNA, basically. It, and so even for those people that don't think they're racist, they are. This is what's being taught in the university. So I, I just want to make people aware, and it's everywhere. It is not just in this. Listen, Miami University is a small town where that's at. It, it, the population isn't that big. It's like maybe 7,000 max when the students are not there. So this is, this is a small town where they are talking about defunding the police. Wow. So don't think it can't happen in yours. And, and so I would just highly recommend, I just was curious if anybody was, you know, familiar with it. And, and with that, I'll yield the floor. Okay. The theory itself actually comes about from the early, early movement of the Black Panthers in the right. It was way back. Yep. Yes, the early '60s, late '50s, early '60s, and the theory itself has actually been scientifically disproven on more than one occasion. But it is an inflammatory. It, it, it inflames people's passions, and they target what I like to call low-information voters. <laughs> and in a lot of cases, low-information people. And that is why that whole argument is stupid. It's, you know, racism is taught. Well, I understand that, but, you know, that is something that they're not, they're not teaching upline. Because, I mean, this is, it is, it is being taught in a, screwed up sort of way, just like they're teaching the rest of our national history in a screwed up sort of way. They're explaining that apparently the same way because they've got a distorted view of it and there are people serving in elected positions. Some of them are unelected positions, but in, in elected positions where, you know, they're getting this information fed to them and they're not saying anything about it. I was mortified when there was a black person on the panel. Now, maybe it was just because she was black, and they didn't want to challenge her because, uh, for whatever the reason, to be politically correct, if for no other reason, okay? But why not challenge that level of thinking? I don't care what situation you're in. I don't care what color your skin is. That should always be challenged in my mind's eye because she's wrong. And it, it's, you know, trying to explain to some of the people out in, out in this area, they get it. Uh, you know, that all you've got to do is tell them that the comment was made, and 99.9% .9 of the people up where I live are like, when do we have to show up at this council meeting, and what time does it start, you know? They're not going to put up with this. 
So if that's what they're peddling to the people that are out in Portland and the people that are in Seattle and, and Antifa, because Antifa is mar Marxist. Hmm. They're anarchists. Yeah. Where did I read that they're during uh, AG, uh, Attorney General Barr is considering naming Antifa as terrorist group? Well, I wish they'd get on with it. You know, I am so tired of, and it's not you, Bart. I'm just fed up with, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Tell me about it after you've done it. I'm at that point right now because it comes down to, you know, um, th that's where the op opinion journalism comes in. Well, truly, truly it is. And it's, it's, it's just a waste of time. Well. <laughs> If I'm wrong, Fabian, uh, doesn't wouldn't that have to go through Congress? Say that again. I'm sorry. Wouldn't if AG Barr designates Antifa as a terrorist group, wouldn't that have to go through Congress? No. No, it has to. The designation has to come from the president. Okay. No, but but actually designating once they're designated a domestic terrorist, then Congress would take up whether or not to deal with it. Correct? Yes, but it also allows it also allows for the Attorney General, once that designation has been made, it allows for the Attorney General to uh, use certain weapons that he can't use right now to go after this group. Oh, really? Such as? Think of it well, like, big um, think of it as the president declaring a federal national, a national disaster area. So you can get that, that funding allocated to, uh, to those areas very quickly. Is that the sign? You do have to sign off with the uh, with the, the state and the locals if you're going to bring in federal troops or forces to help. But as far as the money allocation, as, as long as the president designates that as a federal crisis area and naming Antifa or uh, Black Lives Matter as a terrorist threat would allow that money to fund into the. Uh, the federal, the federal resources to be funneled to both the local and state municipal, uh, state uh, law enforcement and to federal law enforcement. Uh, okay, but that wasn't what I was wanting to know. <laughs> I don't want to know about the money. I want to know about what, what uh, is that what he meant by resources? Yes. Or, I thought you said weaponry. Oh, no, I did say weapons. Well, would Pfizer, would Pfizer want to be one of the tools that he could use? Um, no, they that's could a different animal. Pfizer, but if they are designated a terrorist group, that means that um, we can designate them enemy combatants, and uh, they can go 13 miles off our coast. There you go. Well, that can do what? Guantanamo. That'd be a good use for Guantanamo. 
uh, black site bases off 13 miles off. The pres- I don't see I don't see the president doing this right now, especially with the election, because it's gonna because there is a, there is the idea of these are American citizens, and even though they're in Tifa and they're domestic terrorists, you're not gonna touch them before the election. They're not gonna what? They're not going to be cut before I, I, the election. I hear you. I understand the backlash that you're talking about from an election standpoint, correct? Yeah, the well, options could be horrible. I, I don't agree with that. I think the designation of Antifa as a terrorist group benefits President Trump with middle-of-the-road voters. Where I think he, where I think he gets hurt is with black voters. So, listen, you know, as much as you guys, some of you guys want to talk about, can't believe President Trump is, you know, kowtowing or bowing or allow certain things to happen. Part of this has to do with, and and don't get me wrong, sometimes you have to play politics, and that's what he's doing. But the you got to play politics. And um, he needs. Listen, Joe Biden is Joe Biden is underperforming with black voters. Okay, we need Joe Biden to continue to underperform with black voters. Mm-hmm. Underperforming with black voters helps Republicans. Okay, the underperforming with Latinos helps Republicans. The Underperforming with certain women demographics help Republicans. All right, so all right, Barbara, move on to the next. Yeah, and you know what's going to happen. You know what's you know what's going to happen if he waits and then just deals with it right after he's reelected. They're they're going then they're going to come back and say, well, you didn't deal with it when you know. When it was happening, I mean, people are dying, guys. People, look at how many police officers have been injured as a result of these thugs. As as cruel as this is going to sound, okay. Number one, it's not the president's place to deal with it at this point. It's the state's place to deal with. Okay. Number two, if the states aren't dealing with it, and and I understand the move here because a lot of the state houses are up for grabs. And who are the next, who are our next governors coming up both in this cycle and the next midterm cycle? Guess what? Those are going to determine a lot of the outlays of how these states are drawn. Now, Michigan, for example, Michigan has a Republican Congress. Okay. Both chambers in Michigan are controlled by Republicans. They have a chance to redraw Michigan, to, re, to redraw it in such a way that we get rid of a Democratic House seat and add a Republican House seat. Okay, In Pennsylvania, Republicans control the upper house. They now have a chance to redraw those lines because that's how they do it in Pennsylvania that will wipe out 
a Democratic seat. So there, there is a long-term political game being played here. And yes, while any loss of life is extremely unfortunate, and it is extremely unfortunate, the larger loss of life that the larger loss of life that comes under a Biden administration, a Democratic Senate, and a Democratic House with uh, the courts being stacked. Listen, if President Trump is beat on November the 3rd, we got problems. The only saving grace that we have currently is that he has filled almost every vacancy on the federal courts. Okay? I think, Mark, check and see how many vacancies are left on the federal bench at all levels. I don't think there's a whole lot. No, he's he's already um, put 300 in, hasn't he? He's done a bunch. But his I think Ted Cruz said something that was over 200. Yeah, for sure, because I know Cruz mentioned it a week or two ago. Well, Obama left on 164 or something like that. Well, the reason he did that is because it wouldn't confirm him. And here's Amanda. Hello, Amanda. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, Marcus investigating uh, Tammy. Uh, There are 66. There are 66 vacancies in the federal court system. Okay. So I'm about willing to bet that all 66 of those vacancies, well, 65 of them for sure will be filled by election day. Yeah. At least before uh, January uh, 3rd. Really? Well, I don't I don't think the Senate, I, I don't think the Democrats are going to get the reaction for the Senate that they're thinking they're going to get. I don't either. I don't because see it either because I well, they think there's going to be a certain point. Go ahead. Well, they think they're going to beat Lindsey Graham. They're not. They think they're going to beat Joni uh, Ernst. They're not. Like Sally. McConnell, McConnell is safe. I don't know. I know that they think McGrath's doing very well, but she's really not. She's doing all right in some areas, but I got news for you. Again, people aren't motivated. Okay? Nobody's going to show up at the polls just to vote for her. Right. You also got a thing. Well, we got that um, new one coming up. Uh, oh, God, what's her name? Um, the one in Baltimore. It's running Listen, for something. That kid, if she wins... 
If she wins, she's a she's going to be a future rock star of the Republican Party. Yeah, sure is. She's becoming one now. The woman in the red dress. I don't see I don't see it winning because they're going to cheat their ass off in that district, and they're going to make sure that 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 uh, what you call it, widow gets that uh, gets cheat. They're going to cheat in every district. That's a given. I mean, that's what yeah, but, my biggest fear but the is right is now. Those districts, those districts that have been heavily Democrat for the last century, like that Baltimore district, the register of voters knows how to cheat very well. And you know damn well they're not going to let a black Republican woman win that seat, especially a seat that was held by Eli Cummings. Mm-hmm. Well, now I disagree because mm-hmm. she's done the one thing that Republicans haven't done in that district in forever. Listen, all of you, all of you that have known me for a long time, what if I told you wins elections? Pound, pound the streets. Yeah, getting out, getting out and about, knocking on doors, knocking on doors. Okay, that is what wins these elections, and that lady is knocking doors from eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night. And if you think yeah. that those individuals aren't paying attention to that, you're lying to yourself. And if you think that those people aren't going to show up to vote for her, a lot of people are going to show up to listen. I'm just going to break it down for you, okay? One of the strategies that I always use <laughs> is when I send people knocking on doors, the prettier the woman, the younger districts I send them in, okay? Why? Because men show up to vote for them. If they can talk you into voting for them, do it. Listen, there's a lot of old crotchety men in that district that are going to show up to vote for her because she smiled at them or she shook their hand or she took their picture with them. And as much or she as wore that red dress. Well, the red dress and the high heels, I think, was a mistake. Jeez, that's where. Barb, remember what we were talking about, girlfriend. <laughs> I know. Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you that that kind of stuff works. Okay, it works. No, I know. You know what? Being in sales all my life, uh, I know about the male and the female being able to um, connect for sure. Get it? Get it? I get it. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't make it right, but that is the way it is. All right, Barbara, move on to whoever's after Jill. Wait, what I was okay. going to say is it's not it's not who passes those votes. It's going to be who counts those votes. And I'm sorry. Those people have know how to cheat an election. So she could knock on all the doors she wants. I still don't trust people counting the votes in, in, in that district. Well, every, every district, every precinct will have a Democrat and a Republican this election cycle. Yeah, good. That's the way it should be. That should be every election cycle. No, everybody ought to be ethical. Well, that would be a better way to go, but that's like saying, you know, uh, nobody should have hatred in their hearts either, but they still do. Well... Okay, Mark, do you have anything you want to say before we go? Any topics that we Um, have to cover? 
Well, our show's not over. I'm just getting everybody's topic out of the way. Oh, okay. well, there's the China angle. And Before he retakes the floor. <laughs> well, go ahead, Mark. Have at it. The biggest backlash to Trump was when Trump said he was going after China. Because if you notice the people that are going after Trump now, including your Mitt Romneys, including your uh, a lot of your generals that were uh, even part of the, uh, the Trump administration, they were, and their families were getting money from the Chinese. I know for a fact that the Romneys, uh, Romneys' kids are deeply involved with China. And for the most part, a lot of the never-Trumpers that are even in the Republican Party have ties to, to China. One of the biggest issues with this election is how much money is China going to be able to give to the people who, in politics, the swamp people who want money. So that's a, that's a topic that, we, that I want to expand on within the next few weeks. I just want to put it out there for right now because I'm going to do a little bit more research on it. But the China connection and the connection to the swamp goes very, very deep. And it's a creature that needs to be killed now. And I'll yield the floor back to um, the super guy. Who did you say? Uh, what? One eight hundred miracle here. Um, do you have any topics that you haven't covered tonight? <clears throat> You want to say that again, Barbara? Do you have a topic, Bob, that you'd like to talk about that we haven't yes. talked about? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, I do. Um, the other night on Fox, on Harris Faulkner, I think it's a five, but um, he was interviewing Newt Gingrich. And Newt got into funding of all these county prosecutors and state prosecutors and that George Soros was the primary funder and that he has basically led a movement and funded it to get prosecutors in at the lowest level. And of course, we've seen the results of that in Chicago and in Portland and in L.A. New York. But when he, uh, when Gingrich mentioned Soros's name, Faulkner said, well, we can't go into that. And he brought it up again and, you know, got, well, you know, he's causing these problems. He's funding these uh, lower level races. Well, we, we can't talk about that. We, we, and basically they stopped the interview. Now this was on Fox. And uh, I saw it. It was on Outnumbered. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And I mean, has Soros does he does he have his hand in Fox's you know pants or what? Oh yeah, oh well. The blonde well, that was was there, she's married to one of the Soros' sons, I believe. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Which one? The one that was standing up representing the Democrats or the one that's their host? I'm sure it's the one that was representing the Democrats. In the lower right-hand corner, probably the one that, uh, the liberal that was on the group. Interesting tidbit, though. Apparently, Soros' son vetted Kamala. Yep. And said, She's the one that ought to be the vice president. And that's who ended up as the, the candidate. Biden picked. Yep. And another yep. comment. One okay. other comment, and I made this before Jack got back, is, you know, Antifa and Black Lives Matter and these liberal prosecutors and everybody, if they defund the police and they get rid of police departments, you know, a couple of things. One, are they going to send a social worker out there to take care of the domestic violence where the guy comes out of the house with a knife? But the other thing, fund the police and you get rid of police departments, my question is to these idiots and morons, who's going to defend them when there's no police? Who's going to defend them from the rest of us? Because right now, watching with the TV muted and these idiots jumping up and down on top of cars, you know, um, if there's no police there to protect them, what's going to stop all the good old boys and girls from protecting protecting themselves Um, and the stores that get burned and get looted? That's that's all. That's what I... (laughs) That was my comment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tammy? Well, Bob, that actually um, plays right into what I want to talk about. I went out today to um, the Sentinels have a uh, shooting every fall. And it's basically a barbecue with a live range on wherever we are. So not wanting to use up all my ammo, I started in search of ammo. And um, you almost still can't find any. And I didn't realize that that was still happening because it hasn't been in the news. But uh, not wanting to really go to the Academy or Dick's or somebody like that, I wanted to go to a mom and pop. Most of them are closed today. But uh, I'm told that you can get some ammo online. So those of y'all that are listening, if your supply is low, go ahead and get your rainy day. Uh, order in the mail because uh, November 4th is coming and uh, you don't want to wait until then. Two more comments on that. One, uh, I can tell you the mom and pops here in Jack's little town have lots, but they still have it. The other thing, today I was out on a rifle range And young kid comes up, and uh, he's got a America Great Again hat on, and I happen to have one on. We both look at each other and about the same time say, hey, I like your hat. As it turns out, this young guy goes to the local college, which, you know, I always thought was a pretty conservative little school. He said, 
up here at this college. He said, I just quit trying to talk to people. He said, it's not worth all the crap that I take for supporting Trump. And he said, you know, and that just amazed me because it's really a pretty, it's a conservative town. And I thought the college was probably still pretty conservative. Um, you know, he just, and this is a young kid. I mean, you know, 19, 20 years old. And he said, you can't, you, you can't discuss it with him. I looked at him and I said, you mean you can look at him and say, you believe in abortion? You want your taxes to go up? You want to live under communism? He says, they won't listen. They don't care. No, because they're still on the mom and dad tit. Well, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to them right right, right then. Because everybody, they're, well, you know, it, they're, it, it goes back to the education system that we talked about earlier. The uh, 1619 and project and, you know, what's what's happened in the colleges and stuff. But anyway. Wow. Okay. I need to I need to go back to Mark. So I'm going to back up to Mark in the China connection. Okay, the Never Trumpers in the Republican Party are the Chamber of Commerce Republicans. Okay, and Chamber the Chamber of, of Commerce. Say what? Chamber of Communism is what I call them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and that's why they're butthurt because. You bring these jobs, and listen, China, as much as I've heard that China's trying to get Trump reelected, I promise you they're not. No, they're not. They, they don't want him, okay? Because, look, if you look at, at the trade deficit between the two countries, the trade deficit gap going just with the level one trade deal that we got, and only those items, that trade deficit is pretty well closed. As a matter of fact, we got a little bit of a surplus going on for the first time in 20 years. Okay? Secondly, under a President Trump, you know, I, I have seen Joe Biden trying to rip off President Trump about buy American or support American or whatever. Hey, numb nuts, you're one of the ones that voted to do away with American. Okay, and I've seen some television ads that have finally started to put that up in Pennsylvania and Ohio. But here's, with, with Mark's situation, listen, the American worker, and Trump has been very masterful at how he's handled the middle class, those blue-collar workers, so to speak, okay? They are for him like the blue-collar workers of the 80s were for Reagan. Do not doubt this. They were tepid during the first one, but during the second one, if you think those babies aren't going to show up in droves for President Trump, they are. And President Trump has has finally begun to pivot back to the economy, which is what he needs to do, and talking about getting a lot of those jobs out of here. Also, the drug price, uh, you know, the drug companies aren't too happy with him right now because of the executive order he signed about drug prices. But I promise you, that ain't nothing compared to what the Biden group will do. Okay? The Biden group gets in there, and we're going to be shutting drug companies down. There's not going to be any innovation on new medications to cure this or that. 
Okay? There's not. And people people are beginning to see this. President Trump, he made a promise when he was brought into office about drug prices. Um, Amanda read to me either last night or the night before about a lady, I guess around here, that went to Walmart and she bought insulin and some of those little insulin sticks or whatever they're called. And mm-hmm. she's like, thank you, President Trump, because the last time I bought these, they cost X number of dollars, and now it costs this. And those sticks that cost X number of dollars now cost, you know, by one-third or whatever the case may be. Okay, so it went from 177 to 44 under the price controls that President Trump put in place. And while I'm not a fan of the private industry being controlled, I'm also not a fan of companies changing patents on something that's about to expire just so they can keep raking in profit. Okay. Same thing Let's with the Freon. It's the same thing with the Freon. Everybody, they're making yeah. everybody get new heating and air. And it's the yeah. patent. There's nothing wrong with that Freon. And so I have problems with that. I do think companies ought to make their money back. It's like Viagra. You know, Viagra tried to change and get a new patent. And the patent uh, company or the the patent office wouldn't let them. So now it goes from $30 a pill to $8 a pill because you can get generics. But the, the point is, is that, all of this stuff, like Ronald Reagan, leading up to the 1984 election, okay, Ronald Reagan had suffered major defeats in the chambers during the 1982 midterms, okay? And this was with him very popular. He had suffered some setbacks. And leading up into 1984, a lot of people thought he was tough. They thought Walter Mondale was going to clean his car. Even up to election night, I went back and watched the 1984 election returns, and the news people were on there. Folks, this is going to be a long night. We expect Walter Mondale to do well, and blah, 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 blah. And Ronald Reagan has to be concerned that this may be his only term in office. Well, (laughs) by 8.30 Eastern time, the whole seaboard is red. The eastern seaboard is red. It's still going to be a long night. Walter Mondale expects to do well in blah, 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 blah. 9.30 rolls around. Oops, more red. 10.30 rolls around. Oh, wait a minute. But wait. There's a blue state, Minnesota. And President Reagan was pissed off. You know why he was pissed off? Because he only lost Minnesota by just a few points, and they wouldn't let him go campaign there. And he felt that if he had campaigned there, he'd have won that state too, and it would have been a clean sweep. Wow. Could you imagine? Wow. Like like Al Gore, okay? Out of every state he lost, he loses his home state. Like, you don't show <laughs> your face for after an election. If you can carry your home state. Al Gordon, he lost, he lost Tennessee. I know. And you know what? You know what I did? 
Tennessee was one of my states in 2000. You know what I did? I sent one of the largest door-knocking teams into Carthage. We knocked on every door, including his. Oh, my God. That takes balls. No, he wasn't home. He wasn't, but his maid was. <laughs> and she said she was going to vote for Bush. <laughs> I asked her if we could put a Bush change. I did ask if we could put a Bush Cheney sign in the yard. She couldn't speak English anyway. She did. <laughs> She's a black woman. She is a black woman, a big healthy black woman too. Wow. She told me that President <laughs> Bush was cute, but that she she said President Bush was cute, but that he was taken, so she had to vote for old Gore. Oh God. I said, well, I, I, know, I, I guess salary. I think I her salary. I guess you know who took Tipper's place. <laughs> I need to I, ask Tammy a question. I have often said, hang on just a second, Jill. I've often said that if Al Gore's campaign slogan would have been only Tipper on my zipper, he would have done a lot better. Who is this person? Go ahead, What was the question, Jill? Oh, oh. Um, well, you kind of sounded rather ominous when you were talking about, you know, making sure you have your extra ammunition by election day and whatnot. And uh, was there a message in that by chance? Well, not on purpose, but I'll just tell you, here in Murfreesboro, we had the BLM come in and just take over a restaurant. They oh my God. Yeah, they didn't order anything. Uh, now, Tennessee has the felony law where if you uh, injure a first responder or something like that, but I don't really think they have anything against going into the restaurants, and really it's, an, it's intimidation. Uh, but they do. It is called loitering. Yeah, well. You go in, plop your ass down in the seat, and you don't buy nothing, then you are loitering. But here's the issue. Okay. This this sit-in was all about optics. Where was it? Was it at Toots? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was this, this, this was primarily about optics. Okay. And you're going to see more of this. Okay. If you think for one second that you're not going to see leading up to the election more riots and looting yeah. and burning, you are. And it's going to get yeah. worse on election day because they think they're going to intimidate people into not going to the polls. And I promise you, I need everybody to listen to me very clearly. The new Black Panther Party, the Antifa, Black Lives Matter, they will be at polling places all across this country. They will be in full regalia trying to keep Republicans from going to vote. Okay? And I have made sure that my registration is valid for where I'm at. I am valid. I am good to go. And I'm going to march my ass right in there with my head held high. And I'm going to vote for El Presidente Trump. Okay? Okay. And when I'm done voting for President Trump, 
I'm going to come out, and if they accost me, talk to me in any way, I'm going to tell them. I voted for President Trump, and you can kiss my ass. <laughs> I will make sure Amanda is in the car first, and then um, I'm going to tell them to kiss my ass. Might even whip out my MAGA hat. I know uh-oh. I can't wear it in the polling place, but by hell, I can sure wear it when I'm done. Now, now I, I addressed. I addressed. Well, the just so that you know, uh, you know the thing of it is, is that they're in groups. They're in large groups for a reason. So maybe what we should do is gather a bunch of large groups to go and vote together. Well, I'm listen. No, you walk. I'm voting early, so it doesn't matter. You walk in with your head held high, and you walk in by your damn self. Let them try, especially in Indiana. You don't mess with women in Indiana. I am voting. I am voting early at my courthouse. We have early voting for about a month before the election day happens. And I'm going to tell you, there will be a push by Republicans to stop early voting. And I'm going to be yeah. one of the loudest people leading the charge to stop that shit. Early voting yeah. is the dumbest I've ever heard of. Wasn't it started by Democrats? It was. Early voting is stupid, unnecessary. Well, I like it because it's, it's so much easier to get in and get out. Quick in, quick out. Now, tell me, tell me the difference between a provisional ballot and a regular one. Well, first of all, a provisional ballot should never happen. Okay, provisional yeah. ballots are another way for Democrats to lose to to win elections. I despise provisional mm-hmm. ballots, but I'm assuming you mean an absentee ballot. Provisional ballots are for those who they're not sure are really actually registered to vote, and they're set aside until after, and then they can confirm that they're actually registered to vote. I, I will. I will give you. I'll, I'll give you an an idea of how often this works. Okay, in the fourth congressional district of last election, there were sixty nine. Count them. Sixty nine provisional ballots. Of those sixty nine provisional ballots, sixty five were for uh, Dejerle's opponent. Of those sixty five, absolutely zero were valid. Okay. Now, provisional ballots, yeah, I get, I get why they feel they need some of them. Where my opposition is, number one, same-day registration is bullshit, okay? I despise same-day yeah. registration. Number that. two. Well, the reason I ask about, so a provisional ballot just means that you're not registered. Is that correct? No, it just means that they can't verify you. Oh, well, when I go in, they've got my name in a book, and I, they have my signature and everything, and they verify it's the same the whole nine. Then they hand me a ballot. So that's regular that's voting, a, correct? Yes, that is well, not a okay. Thank you. I'm, I'm surprised. It's needed to know. I'm surprised you're given a ballot. Most of them are on computer now. You go in and do the touch screen. Bob? Well, yeah, but they they give us they give me the way our um, ours work is I, they give you a card 
and it goes in, uh, you put it in the computer, and then you do vote on the computer, and, the, and I guess it registers on the card what you vote. Yes. And then, then the card react. comes out, and, we, and, and then, we, yeah, we put the card in a different location for the ballot box thing where it goes in the ballot box, and that's the end of it. That's correct. So, so going to Tammy's point, um, while there may be nefarious conspiracy theorists out there about the ammunition shortage, there is a perfectly reasonable explanation as to why there are shortages. Number well, one. Well, the government is it up, but that doesn't mean that we don't need it. Number one, there is a shortage because everybody and their mama is buying up ammo and have been since March. As soon as yes. they load of it out, it's being bought up. Now, why is it being bought up? Because them good old boys are keeping their powder dry. Now, this is happening all across the country. Gun sales are through the roof. And mm. this is what happens. Every time around the election, this happens. This year just happens to be COVID. And add that onto an election, and this is what you get especially an election where the presidential candidate has said, hey, we're not going to take away your Second Amendment. We're just going to take away some of the guns. (laughs) Or we have an election where one guy has cut the corporate tax rate to 23%, and the other guy says, hey, I'm going to raise it back up to 37%. Yeah. Or we have a guy that says, hey, we're going to build a wall. We got another guy saying, we're going to stop it as soon as I take office. What? Protect, preserve, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Okay. Now, moving on. What's that? Tammy, who's next? Or Barbara, who's next for their their issue? Well, thanks for the answer, guys. I think that's it. All right. Barbara, do you have a topic that we have discussed that you want to well, discuss. Have a, no, I think, huh? we pretty well, I think we pretty well talked about all the subjects I was concerned with. Um, yeah. All right. Well, in the coming days, I'm going to create a post. Go ahead. In the beginning, well, we were waiting for you to um, someone on the show, I stumped him with a quote. And everybody got it wrong. And the quote was, that's their job. There's nothing in the Constitution that says the president stops being president in his last year. That would be Ruth Bader Ginsburg in 2016. <laughs> I knew you'd get it. <laughs> That's who it was. Yeah, I know. She said All even right. even eleventh even eleventh an eleventh hour nomination is a nomination. That's to finish okay. the quote that she said. Yes. Yeah. It's true. So. All All right, well, this is... there. So maybe somebody will say that at her at her funeral. <laughs> no. Well, I am be... going to tell you that the 
the quote is trending on Twitter, but Twitter's not happy about it. And <laughs> sure they're not. <laughs> here in the next few days, I'm going to create a page, and it's going to be uh, invite ten people to vote for Trump. And basically, oh. what we're going to do is is I'm going to send it out, and I want you guys to start sending it out. It's going to be a group, and let's see how many people we can get to join this group. (laughs) (laughs) What's the group going to be about? Just voting for Trump. Hell, send pictures of people voting. Send people with pictures of their MAGA. I don't care. We'll we'll figure it out. But this is going to be... You know, hey, send it to 10 people. I'd say send it to more, but pick people on your page that are going to vote for Trump and tag 10 people. If you're going to vote for Trump, join this page and invite 10 people to join this page. Show your support voting for Trump. And we'll see how big we can get it. And then once we get it to a certain point, I'll reach out to the White House and let them know that we've done it. Wow. And you're and you're gonna name it what? Um, the Trump Ten Ten Project. I don't know. I'll come up with something. I was gonna say Trump. not dead people voting for Trump. That's not <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do the, the vote the vote Trump project or or ooh there we go. Hashtag ten, they vote Trump. Hashtag ten project. I don't know. I Where do you get the ten from? Ten, ten. Think about it, Jill. Ten people. That's right. So you and oh, gotcha. Okay. Come on now. That network marketing, I, I kind of forgot how that worked. Hey, and once we, hey, I've got, I've got one more thing. You know, the other night in, uh, in, I'm brain dead, but the last rally, I'm sorry, protest that Trump had, he yeah. started off and he was very gracious about Ginsburg. You know, and he should have been. He was very politically correct, but anyway. And then he said, but I'm going to fill that seat. And all of a sudden, out in the crowd, and then they did it for the rest of the night, there was a chant, a new chant. Fill that seat. Seat. <laughs> you, you, really want to, you want to really get that crowd going? What he needs to do is go, I'm thinking about putting Hillary Clinton on the court. Oh, God. Lock her oh, God. Up. Lord, no. Well, this fill that seat, this fill that seat champ was almost as good. Of course, he didn't have as big a crowd as he did back at that time, but was almost as good as uh, the locker up chance. Wasn't that in Minnesota? Does anybody know how big those crowds have been at the airports? 18,000, 20,000. It's hard to tell because... You know, he kept saying, you know, bring them in, bring them in. There's people outside the hangar. But, you know, the camera never gave a view. And this well, they won't because they don't want people they to won't. see the crowd size. Yeah. They don't want 
But inside the hangar, big crowd. You know, a lot of people, big crowd. Uh, That's why. And there's nobody at Joe Biden, wherever he's at. That's why I listen to, um, when he starts a rally, I go to C-SPAN because they'll do it uninterrupted. They won't break in like everybody else and say, well, here we are at the top of the hour. Well, there's a group on YouTube that the campaign pays to do the rallies. And they will pan the yeah. crowds, but I have not. I've not seen the rallies. I've heard. I listened to one yesterday morning while I was getting stuff ready at the shop. I listened to it on YouTube. But he needs to. He needs to shorten the rallies a little bit, and we need to, he needs to pivot to the economy. Stay on the economy because that's where he wins. People are going to vote their wallet. Yeah. And listen, I, I'm going to say this about this vaccine, okay? Whether anybody will take it or not, I want you to know, if that vaccine comes out in the middle of October, as he says it's going to, the Democrats are toast. Okay? Yeah. They're done. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that won't take the vaccine, but it's the mental part of this. Because once people yeah. know there's a vaccine there, they're going to start living their lives like they're supposed to. Okay. Right. If you look at Walmart, if you look at school districts, if you look at a lot of these stores, all of the the stuff that's been up to you know make people herd them in like cattle and herd them out, that stuff's gone. Okay. You can tell the businesses that are moving, uh, that are right leaning, and the businesses that are left leaning. Because the ones that are left leaning, you look like you're being herded into an internment camp. <laughs> that's true. Now, what did I tell you? Here's the thing. COVID is starting to hurt Biden. Okay? It really is. And there's a push to get this shit over with. Oh, come on, man. COVID's not a problem. Come on, man. Give me a break. (laughs) You got Oh, I wish I could share that... uh... Video. Look up, uh, Bob. Look up Biden versus Biden debate on YouTube. It's hysterical. Oh, oh yeah. He slipped off. He slipped off on so many things. And all. Well, a lot of the things, a lot of the thing, a lot of the things that Biden is talking about, he's uh, plagiarizing Trump. I mean. Yes, yeah, and most you know, people know that. He's just saying it in a September, little different way. Yeah, September 2nd, he was still calling for a mask mandate. As of today, no, we're not going to do a mask mandate. No, we're not going to do that. He changes his mind every other day. Yeah. I well, know exactly who he put on the Supreme Court. Stacey Abrams. Well, oh, come on, man. Them. You doing cocaine or something? <laughs> they, they would go, listen, they would go after Garvey. Garvey would be there first. Yeah. <sighs> By the way, Democrats are out there. Um, oh, wow. Biden has sent Hillary. $200 Biden has now said what? 200 million people have died. 
Oh, oh my lord. Oh, 200 million? I better check yeah. my pulse. <laughs> really? Postal Service is threatening to stop deliveries because a couple of them got shot over something. Don't know what happened. Oh, well. Well, you know, he put Hillary Clinton on the bench, too. I'm sorry, what did you just say? Hey, you know what? Um, uh, Political Superman, I got to tell you, I just noticed on the blaze there's a commentary where it says suddenly masks are more effective than vaccines, question mark. Thousands of doctors are likely surprised to hear that. Your doctor has clearly been trying to kill you all along. The director of the CDC, Dr. Robert Redfield, told me this so this week when he said masks are even better than vaccines. Schumer and AOC call on voters to pressure GOP senators into delaying Trump's Supreme Court nomination. Yeah. I know a name that Joe Biden could say he will nominate to the Supreme Court that he will get a lot of Democrats enthusiastic about. And it's a very simple name, Barack Obama. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, no way. Yeah. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, that's, that's possible. Well, Barack, Barack wants on the court. He's always wanted on the court. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have to, I, I, and I'm just hearing about this, so this is going to be relatively new, and this is going to be the final topic. But if this is the case, um, Kroger is about to have some new owners. It is announced okay. that Kroger fired Arkansas workers who refused to wear the LGBT logo. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Are you serious? The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission accused the supermarket in a lawsuit filed Monday of terminating two women after they asked for a religious accommodation so that they didn't have to display the rainbow. The lawsuit claims that a Kroger store in Conway, Arkansas, Implemented a new code in April 2019 that required all employees to wear a new apron with a new logo, a rainbow heart embroidered on the top of portion of the bib. Oh my God! Has long been a symbol of the LGBT community. Okay, now Conway is where we get for our Sam's Club, so we are very familiar with this Kroger. Both of the defendants in the case, 57-year-old Trudy Rickert and 72-year-old Brenda Lawson, believe in the literal interpretation and hold a sincerely held religious belief that homosexuality is a sin. Because of these beliefs, the defendant made multiple oral requests to management to wear another apron. I sincerely held religious belief that I cannot wear a symbol that promotes or endorses something that is in violation of my religious faith told management in a signed handwritten letter dated May 1st, 2019. I respect others who have a different opinion. Happy to work alongside others who desire to wear I'm happy to buy another apron to ensure that there is no financial hardship to Kroger. Reichert and Lawson claimed that instead of granting their request, they were disciplined multiple times. According to the lawsuit, Reichert was fired on May 9th and Lawson was fired on June 1st 
for repeated violations of the dress code. Despite firing Rickard and Lawson for their objections to the dress code on religious grounds, the lawsuit claims other employees were accommodated. Defendant employer did not discharge other employees in the workplace not request religious accommodation, but who simply declined to wear the new apron or who covered the heart load. Kroger declined to comment, citing litigation. The supermarket yeah. celebrates its, quote, commitment, LGBTQ inclusion, and equality. The company received a perfect score on the 2020 Corporate Equality Index, which is the Human Rights Campaign's tool for corporate support for LGBT. Okay, so I'm just going to have to tell you right now that officially bullshit. Okay, so let me, let me explain. Let me explain. Number one, Title Seven of our wonderful Civil Rights Act prevents an employer from terminating you based on religious preferences. So, yeah. Wonderful Kroger. So which, Kroger's going to sell out? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, Kroger, Kroger's going to owe them a lot of money. And the fact that yeah. this was brought by, by the Equal Employment Opportunity, listen, to yeah. the EEOC behind this, oh, yeah, there's, there's federal dollars going to be fighting this case for them. And Kroger's going to have to settle or they're going to be in trouble. But... Let me go a step further. With my own experience with Kroger today. But now that I know this, I will never step foot in another damn Kroger. And you can mark that down. I will not. I already didn't like Kroger because of the fact that they're union and in their covenant they will always be union. But I will not step foot in another Kroger, including the damn pharmacy. After I pick up my prescription tomorrow, I will no longer be doing business with those bastards. So well, today, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that when you pick up your prescription, you will make it very clear to somebody why you will never be back. Well, I made it pretty clear to the fat bastard today. Okay. And I will make it I will make it abundantly clear tomorrow when I go pick up the script. So today, at approximately three minutes till six, we pull in to Kroger Pharmacy that is open until six, and the drive-through window is closed. So I go inside. Hey, you need to pick up my prescription. He's like, great. What's your name? Date of birth. I give it to him. I said, how much is it so I can go get the money? He tells me. I go out. Or First, he goes, that'll be card only. What do you mean card only? <laughs> He goes, I don't have a till. Okay. So I go out. Like, do we have any money on the card that we have with us? No, we're paying cash. So I go back in and pay cash. Well, he goes, well, I can accept the cash if you have exact change. Oh, not being allowed to carry money of my own. I go back out. <laughs> do we have exact change? And, of course, we do not. So I go back in, and finally I'm exasperated, and I'm like, you do realize, sir, that it is illegal to refuse to accept cash. I have offered you cash for this debt, and you are not willing to accept it. I'm not refusing your cash, sir. 
yeah, yeah, you are. I said, all I got is a $100 bill. I'm offering it to you to pay the debt. Sir, I don't have change. <laughs> so I'm like, sir, you do understand that when I pulled in here, it was three minutes till six. You are still open. And what he says to me next is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. He says, sir, they pull our drawers at 530. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, but you're open till 6. Yes, sir, we only take cards from 530 to 6. I said, you do understand that that is illegal. And that written on the money is said for all debt. This is legal tender for all debts. Well, sir, they pull our drawer at 530. I just work here. And I'm like, well, it's still illegal. So So now you got to go back. Now you got to go back tomorrow with correct change, right? No, hell no. I'm going to go back tomorrow with a $100 bill. But you didn't get your med- you didn't get your medicine today. I did not because I was did already. Did you need it today? Um, uh, listen to yeah. him. Yes. Uh, here's a new one. MSNBC just uh, posted that if he wins. Arizona Democrat Mark Kelly could potentially be sworn in by November 30th. Wrong! Well, that's actually true. Exactly. Yes. I thought they weren't sworn in until January 3rd. <sighs> they are, if they are starting a new term, however, they are filling an open seat. And oh. I I certainly hope Mark Kelly does not win. Who's who's open seat? Um, oh shoot, not it's it's the one that Flake actually held. Oh, Sally. After Flake resigned, it's between Sally McSally and somebody, but I think she's going to pull it out. God, I hope so. I do too. Well, I was I was wrong. I thought that they couldn't be sworn in until January third. Only only if there's a sitting senator because it's a because it was a special election. But see, she was appointed and there has to be an election. And they decided to just wait until this election to do it. So they're gonna go ahead and, and fill the seat with the election in accordance with the law. I think she'll be fine. And this is a Senate seat? Yes, in Arizona. That's one Democrats are trying to flip. God help us. And when are we supposed to know the outcome? We'll know the night of the election, most likely. Oh. All right, so... In closing, I will tell you, Republicans are going to pick up a Senate seat in Alabama. Yeah. going to wipe the floor with old Jones or Collins or whatever his name is. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
The only town he won't win is uh, Tuscaloosa, but they're mostly liberal anyway. Right. He will not win Tuscaloosa, but he'll win everywhere else. War Eagle is all I'm going to say. War Eagle. Probably be the only time Nick Saban votes for uh, anything Auburn. (laughs) Anyway. All right, guys. It's been a wonderful show. I certainly appreciate it. Everybody tuning in. Next week, we will be simulcast, so we will have to do it by the book. Let's start on And who's simulcasting with? It will be Town Hall in Red State again. And I'm working to try and get us picked up on a couple of other conservative platforms that will uh, pick us up on Saturday night so that we can have four or five different uh, simulcasts, expand our audience. All right. we want, to thank we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank everybody for being uh, long-time listeners. For those of you, for those of you that are new, this is our roundtable. We sometimes stay on topic. We sometimes don't, but we always have a good time. Get Jill worked up. And that's, just, that's the tone. Oh, now, now. You got to stand for something. Offer anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier for without them. We wouldn't be able to do this. Thank the families of soldiers for without them. We wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. And you know what? Send a note of thanks to the White House. Thank President Trump for all the arrows and everything that he's taken up the past three and a half years. He stood true when a lot of people thought that he wouldn't, including me. And so for that, I thank you. I'm the political Superman saying, have a good night, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.